Hello and welcome to Amateur Radio Topics. I'm Kevin, VK6 Lima Whiskey, and just a few topics to get through in this week's episode. First of which is WPXCW contest this weekend. So this is normally a very good contest. Um, serial number exchange. If you're operating on a single operator basis, then you can only operate for 36 hours. And the important part of that is trying to work out which 12 hours you will take off. So that's always a bit of a challenge depending on the conditions. And conditions are quite good at the moment. Uh, good solar flux uh, numbers, around about 150. Uh, the sun is pretty quiet, so there's not too many disturbances that look like they might be heading our way. And if that's the case, then 10 and 15 should be excellent, so should 20. But one thing to bear in mind with this contest is that the low bands, um, you get double points. Uh, for working countries outside of your own country. So that makes a huge difference. And it means that 40 meters is very much the go-to band. And I found in the past, certainly operating from here in Western Australia, that 40 meters is, is certainly an essential part of the contest, uh, but you need, you need at, at least one other band that's going, going to be a good rate band. Um, and normally, you know, the last few years, that's, that's typically been 20 metres or maybe 15 metres. But with 10 and 15 opening up now, it changes the dynamic of this contest a little bit, at least operating from here anyway. So it's going to be quite interesting. And the multiplier is only counted once, so it doesn't matter how many bands you work, a, a W1 or whatever the prefix is, uh, once you've got that prefix in the system and you've worked them, you don't get any additional um, credits for working that same prefix on another band. So that changes the, um, the type of contest as well. It's very much a rate contest. Uh, the, more, the more stations you work, the more prefixes you, you will no doubt collect. And so it's very important to keep the rate going in WPX. Um, I normally operate this contest as most of the others these days with SO2R. Uh, I've got a slight problem this year <laughs> because I don't have a second radio. I've had a, a problem with the IC7610, uh, a actually a repeat problem with the screen. Um, I had the screen replaced and it's been okay for maybe about a year and all of a sudden the other day it locked up and the screen uh, was deemed to be the fault. So that's gone back to uh, the, um, the warranty agent and as, with, as is the way at the moment with a lot of things, it's uh, very slow to get, uh, get things from A to B and when it gets to wherever it's meant to be, uh, quite often uh, it's quite slow to get the uh, service uh, performed. So at the moment I've just got the one radio, but that's sort of okay for WPX, I can kind of live with that. Um, with the serial number exchange, SO2R becomes a bit trickier. It's certainly not impossible, but it, it's, it's a bit harder in terms of division of concentration. And um, the 7610's got the second receiver, which is really useful. So I've got that set up at the moment for uh, diversity reception. And on the second receiver, I've got a, a range of other antennas. I've got my receiving antennas that I normally use for SO2R. I've got those receiving antennas on the second receiver. So what I can do is I can listen on the, on the main transmit uh, receive antenna. Um, on radio one and on radio two, I can have a selection of uh, about five different uh, receive antennas, uh, which gives me a different perspective on the signal. It may, it may in fact uh, help a little bit on occasions because you often get 
calls off the off the back or the side of the beam you can't quite copy them you can copy them on the receive antenna which is pointing in a different direction so i'll actually come back to the um receive antennas i'm using at the moment because i've had to change a few things around here been doing a little bit more experimentation with other types of antennas to use on receive and the last few months i've been uh, modeling and, and building and, and testing um, a new antenna so that makes up part of what I'm doing with the receive antennas. But the diversity reception is quite nice because you can um, vary the um, RIT on the main uh, listening frequency. And that gives you, uh, if you're listening on stereo headphones and, you, and to get the full effect of this, the headphones gotta be stereo. So you've got radio, you've got radio one or the main radio in your left ear and you've got the sub receiver in your right ear. And you, get a, you can get a nice binaural type stereo effect between um, the two um, signals. Or the, well, it's the same signal, but between the two receivers. And that actually does help. It helps a bit with if you've got a bit of a pileup and you're trying to listen on the edge of the pileup or, or listen up a little bit, trying to just separate out the signals. This, um, by varying the RIT slightly, you get a slight beat note between um, the, the different uh, stations which might uh, help you to separate them out a little bit. So it's really hard to describe, but if, you, if you've got a radio that's got um, the two receivers and you can track, you, this, this is the important thing, you're going to be able to track uh, the, two, um, the two VFOs, which you can do in the IC7610 quite easily, it's just a, a menu option. And then you uh, can take advantage of the diversity reception. I actually touched on this a little bit in uh, the last podcast I did with Steve of E6WZ, he uses diversity quite a lot on top band and he uses it again with two different antennas. And he finds that um, by doing that, it fills in the gaps a little bit. So it's quite interesting. Um, can in fact still do that with, even if you're running an SO2R, but I guess the thing that I found with SO2R, I've got enough to think about and enough things to control without maybe delving too much into the diversity side of things, but technically speaking, there's no reason why I couldn't. It just gets a bit more complicated in terms of, of how you actually set that up when, you, when you're really trying to listen across two radios. And if you've only got one radio, then you're perfectly set up for stereo reception, diversity um, reception um, in, in, in both ears. And it's worth trying. Um, as I say, you've got to have the radio to support it. A lot of, there's so many radios coming in now that have got the two receivers that pretty well all the modern radios are supporting it. But obviously if, you, if, you, if you've got more of a, um, you know, a one radio, one receiver type setup, you can't actually really take advantage of it. But I think it's, um, it's worthwhile exploring. And in a, in a long contest or in any contest for that matter, a bit of fatigue comes in and this just gives um, the signals a little, bit of, um, a little bit of depth and a little bit of um, uh, a different sound, a different quality to the sound that actually helps a little bit if you're getting tired. So yeah, it's, it's certainly worth looking into. Um, I know some people just run the diversity on um, just the same receive or the same transmit receive antenna and you can still get that same effect by varying the RIT on, on one of the frequencies and you, you, you get a bit of an offset there and it, it does sound quite good. Um, but it's much better, much, much better if you can have a, a main receive antenna or main receive transmit antenna, which is also acting on receive and also dedicated receive antennas for the other 
uh, sub receiver. It, it really works much better. And it's not that hard to put a, a receiver antenna up of some description. Um, the, the receiver antennas I've got here, I've spent a fair bit of time trying to sort out the best way to configure them, mainly because I was interested in the SO2R and the receiver antennas play a really important part in that for me. But if you're located in the States or located in Europe, uh, really the receiver antenna doesn't have to be maybe quite as involved as some of the antennas I've been building um, in order to um, um, make sure I can hear you know really weak signals because if you're obviously if you're in a in an area where the um, you're not so, quite so far from the DX then the receiver antenna can be just a very simple antenna simple dipole simple vertical you know, multiband antenna so yeah that's um, that's going to be interesting in, the, in this year's contest. Um, the um, the other antenna that I've been designing uh, or modeling and designing and now building um, is a variation on an antenna that's been around for a little while. It's called an X-Beam. And I've actually got one of these for 40 meters and it really works quite well for what it is. So it's just a single support and it's essentially a, a close spaced um, two element beam with a, a switching uh, relay box um, at the feed point and the, um, the relays can switch in or they do switch in um, a capacitor and that gives enough uh, capacitive uh, reactants to make the um, element, the required element into a director. And so with um, just four wires and a switch box and a suitable capacitor, you can have an antenna that will give you four directions. And it's really quite useful. And it models, it models quite well. If you, if you manage to get the feed point up at an average height of around about um, half a wavelength, so on 40 meters, you really, you really need the antenna up around about sort of 70 to 80 feet, then the modeling's good. And it's borne out by the performance. It's, it's quite a good antenna. It's not really going to beat a wide space three element beam at 120 feet or anything like that, but it's still a two element beam. You still get front to back, you still get front to side, you still get some gain. And I can work into Europe with this um, you know, quite regularly, four to five hours before sunset on the, um, on the European uh, end. And the, um, the results have been pretty good. So taking that a step further, and I was interested to build another one of these simply for receive on the HF bands, so on 2015 and 10. So I did build another one, but I haven't actually located it where I normally would locate the receiver antennas. All of my receiver antennas are about 100 meters from the transmit antenna, just to try and give me a little bit of a chance to, um, or to eliminate the cross station interference with SO2R. So I built the X-Beam uh, quite close to the um, main transmitting antenna. But there was a reason for that, and it was mainly because in the last contest I did, which was the Commonwealth contest, I really was quite interested in using the X-Beam as a way of quickly changing bands and changing direction um, to pick up bonuses in that particular contest. So for WPX, it's really not quite so important. Um, but the interesting thing about the X-Beam is that I've used it quite a bit now, and it's not as good as the, um, the, the X-Beam for HF that I've put up, the small antenna, and it's got the top at uh, about 12 meters, around about 40 feet. And my spider beam is at 80 feet, uh, you know, 
at about 24 metres. So the difference is, is quite significant between the two antennas. And if you look at them, if you, if you look at the, the way they're configured, the X-beam doesn't really look much at all. It's just on top of a, a low mask and it's, you know, yeah, the wires slope down and just uh, terminated um, on various you know, trees that I've got around the block. So, but it's got, on 20 metres, it's got good front to back, it's got good front to side, and it, it, it works really well. It does on 15, and it works pretty well on 10. And technically speaking, this is really just a single band antenna, which has a certain value of capacitance to give you um, some director action, some parasitic director action on the beam. And you kind of work this out and set up the, um, set up the antenna on a single band basis, like the one I've got for 40 works really well. But I was interested to try and turn it into a tri-band beam. So I added on some more wires um, in parallel with the existing 20 meter um, wires that I've got there. And they added the wires for 15, I've added the wires for 10, and they slope down to the ground as well, or slope down to, not necessarily down to the ground, but they slope down to various trees and posts and whatever they've got around the block. Uh, to, just to see if it would work um, and didn't really um, have the chance to mess around or change, try and change the capacitive reactance value. So it works. It works really quite well. It works very well on 20 and adding the extra wires on 20 has made no difference at all. It didn't seem to. Um, and on 15 it works very well. Probably the band that works the least well at the moment is 10. So I've got a suspicion that for 10, really, I do need a different value of capacitance to make sure I get this uh, correct um, action of the uh, director. So when I get a chance, I'm going to probably pull the antenna back down again and change the value of capacitance to something that's more like the correct one for, say, 15 metres and see how that goes for 10. I'm trying to avoid having to switch capacitors. It could be done. I've got a box full of relays there and I could probably put some more relays in there and change things around a bit and have the ability to switch their capacitor. But it'd be nice not to have to. So one value capacitor that covers all three bands would be really cool. It works quite well on 10. I've been working into Europe on 10 meters with it without any trouble at all. I've worked into Europe with, with using that antenna on 10 meters with five watts. With, with, it's been fine and also on 15 meters with five watts. And on 20 meters, um, I've been doing a little bit more QRP on 20 meters because I quite like to put these antennas up and, and test them with QRP just as if they really work. I mean, it's fine to put an antenna up at 30, 40 feet and um, you, you run the normal um, legal power limit into it and you're going you're to work stations without really any trouble at all, particularly at the moment on the HF bands, the conditions are quite good. So what I've been doing is seeing how, how, much, how little power I can run with this X-beam and still work into Europe and the US. And it's been quite interesting. So, so far I've probably worked around about, um, I've probably worked around about 12 or 15 stations just running, I've been running 750 milliwatts. So under a watt, so on the IC7610, I'm down to 1% of power. Um, I've got a small power meter here that I use. And I can see that it's not quite getting to one watt. So it's, it's a bit more than half, not quite at one. So I'm figuring I'm around about 750 mils, milliwatts. And, um, and I've worked quite a few. Now, 
generally speaking, they're stations that with me are around about 10 to 20 dBs over nine. <clears throat> and there are quite a few Europeans that, that will be that signal strength here, particularly with good conditions. Uh, they probably need fairly low noise at their end. So sometimes I work the first call, sometimes it takes several calls. But it's been quite interesting. So <clears throat> it's a really simple antenna. It only needs a single support. Um, you don't need much, you only need four wires. You do need a relay box and a power supply. Um, and fed mine with just normal RG, RG213 coax. And you've got a four directional beam with some good gain at pretty low angles. And if I can work into the US and Europe here, from here with 750 milliwatts, I know the antenna's working. It's still not as good as the spider beam, which is a lot higher. And it, the spider beam is a, is a beam that I've remodeled to suit um, what I really would like the antennas to do. So I've made quite a few changes to the original spider beam design just to try and get better performance out of it. And I think I've, I've been able to do that. Um, but it's hard unless you put another spider beam up that's, that's made maybe the same as the original. Really hard to tell. But I, the, the feeling I get and comparing uh, signals with uh, uh, maybe Steve VK6VZ, he's got a, a two element quad, uh, the spider beam, particularly on, on 10 meters, has got, it does very well. It's got four elements on 10 meters. And if you get it set up right on 10, that's a, that's a pretty good antenna up at 24 meters. So the X-Beam has been an interesting antenna, something that started out for me to use as a receive antenna, um, inadvertently has become something that I'm considering, well, that actually, that's quite a good antenna. I could have one of those and use that as a second beam. And certainly when the band's open, you can, you can run, run stations on, on the X-Beam. And it's particularly useful, or it's particularly useful in the Commonwealth contest because on 10 and 15, I will be beaming to Europe on the short path, uh, maybe at around about 0700, 0800. And at the same time, the long path is open on 20 metres to Europe. And you need to be able to really work both paths. So I was using the X-Beam to work on the long path into Europe and using the spider beam to work on the short path on 10 and 15. And that, that really worked quite well for me during that contest. So if, if it's a contest that's got multipliers or bonuses or whatever, having another beam, having another antenna for, for the same band pointing in a different direction is really useful. WPX is probably not going to make much difference. It's, it's not really, um, it's not really set up for, as a multiplier per band contest. As I mentioned, it's, the multiplier is one, uh, one value, no matter how many bands you work that multiplier on. So yes, interesting antenna. I shall continue my experiments with it. I'd like to get the 10 meter performance a little bit better, but it's, as I say, it's still pretty good. It still works and it, I've still worked into, into Europe and the US on QRP on 10 and 15 as well with five watts. Um, it's probably about, the, uh, probably about the wrap up for this week. Let's hope conditions continue to hold as I think they probably will for the WPX. And if you hear me on, look forward to working you in that contest. I shall be um, pretty active. I'll probably be focused more 40 meters than any other band, but I need, uh, need some good totals on, on 10, 15 and 20 during the day here, during the daylight hours. 
and try and take advantage of 40 when we get a bit closer to the, um, the grey line propagation. Okay, so 73s for now from me, Kevin, VK6 Lima Whiskey. In the contest, I'll be on as VK6T, VK6 Tango. That's my contest call. So look forward to hearing you on the weekend and good luck.